Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Welcome back, my mesmerizing marketing tribe. I know it's been a little bit since I have uploaded a new episode, but it was December and the holiday season. And as we know, things can get a little bit busy with holiday travel and all those things. But I am back and I'm here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in AI and what you need to know about the latest AI releases, the latest AI news, and what you can expect in the upcoming months, years, in terms of what the top thought leaders are saying about AI. So one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about is something new that Google has released, and it is called Google Gemini. Google Gemini is a new generative AI platform. And what Google Gemini is, is it's basically a next generation generative AI model family and it's developed by Google AI Research Labs, DeepMind, and Google Research. There's three different variations of it. There's Gemini Ultra, which is a flagship model. There's Gemini Pro, which is a light model. And then there's Gemini Nano, which is a smaller distilled model that runs on mobile devices. For example, the Pixel A Pro. And what's interesting to know is what is really different from BARD versus Gemini. So BARD, it's an interface through which certain Gemini models can be accessed. So think of it like an app or a client for Gemini and other Gen AI models. But Gemini, what that is, is it's a family of models. It's not an app or front end. There's no standalone Gemini experience, nor is there ever going to be one. So if you compare the two products, BARD really corresponds to ChatGPT, which is, you know, OpenAI's AI app. And then Gemini corresponds to the language model that powers it, which is ChatGPT is GPT-4 right now. So what exactly does Gemini do? So Gemini models are multimodal. So what they can do is they can perform a range of tasks anywhere from transcribing speech to captioning images and videos to generating artwork. And a lot of these capabilities have reached the product stage so far, and there's going to be more coming up in the near future. So you guys can check this Google Gemini out and let me know what you guys think. And then other exciting news in AI, let's talk about ChatGPT and the upcoming release of GPT-5. You know, Sam Altman has been talking a lot about, you know, different things when it comes to GPT-5. And basically, it's going to be expected to be a true multimodal model. It's going to be similar to actually Google's new Gemini Ultra. And OpenAI, you know, last year started training GPT-5. And Altman said that it's going to be obviously a significant improvement over GPT-4, especially with its ability to understand complex queries and the real world. And what Altman said to Bill Gates is that for at least the next five to 10 years, we will be on a steep improvement curve 
this is the stupidest these models will ever be. So then the question is, is there ever going to be a super intelligence? So one of the goals of OpenAI is to have artificial general intelligence, which is AGI as their final goal. And that's basically, it's creating a form of super intelligence that's supposed to be smarter than humanity and much more capable. And there were some suggestions early on that the GPT-5 model might be some form of super intelligence. However, speculation that's surrounding the model suggests that it's going to be basically a better version of the AI that we already have using ChatGPT-4 or, for example, Google's Gemini Ultra or Anthropic's Claude 2. But it's going to have much better reasoning capabilities and not just in terms of outperforming humans on things like academic tests and assessments, but also having a degree of understanding that goes beyond just copying and mirroring human intelligence. So what is it that people actually want from GPT-5? So one of the biggest problems with models like GPT-3.5 and GPT-4 is that it tends to make up things. So AI tends to make up things, which is known as hallucinations. And that in part is like an issue that needs to be solved and will be solved in GPT-5. So that's really, really good because made up information is not good. And if you guys are using ChatGPT and other similar AI tools, and you're not proof checking the information before you're putting it out there, that's a big no-no. I say that all the time. You don't want to do that because you will get screwed. And let's just put it that way. You don't want to do that. So then the other thing that Altman told Gates is that he said, if you ask GPT-4 most questions 10,000 times, one of those 10,000 is probably pretty good, but it doesn't know which one. And so if you want to get the best response of 10,000 every time, so that's going to be important in reliability. The other improvement that's going to be made is going to be the ability to customize how AI responds and acts and solves problems. So some of this problem solving has actually become possible with them adding GPTs, which are these personalized chatbots that are built on top of ChatGPT to function a particular way, to do things a particular way, and to streamline processes for people so that people can have a more personalized experience with their custom GPT. And if you guys need a custom GPT, I'm actually creating custom GPTs for law firms, for entrepreneurs, for business owners. I've created a couple for myself already and for some clients. And I have to tell you, it really, really makes a difference in how you're using ChatGPT. It streamlines the process of how much time it takes to do different things. And it's just pretty amazing. And I am going to be spending more time creating more because there's a GPT store. And if you guys don't know, you can make money creating GPTs. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on this episode. So make sure that you guys are continuing to listen all the way through the end. So the other thing that people want that's not, you know, currently happening, they want to see different styles and responses and even like different variations of assumptions, right? And they're going to make it possible to have that and also to use our own data. And that's important. And then the other interesting thing to note is that Microsoft and Google have already taken steps to integrate AI models with personal data through co-pilots integrations with 365 and then with BARD's association with Workspace. 
So this is going to be making it easier for people to, you know, have AI within their calendars, within their appointments, and really just improve the way that they're working from day to day. Okay, the other thing I wanted to share with you guys, because I thought that this was really interesting, is I want to share with you what the 10 most popular top AI tools were for 2023 based on rankings and how many total visits that they had. So number one, of course, is ChatGPT. And that is basically in the category of an AI chatbot. And ChatGPT had 14.6 billion total visits from the data that I pull this from. And then number two is character.ai. And that's also an AI chatbot. And character.ai had 3.8 billion total visits. And then number three, we have Quillbot, which is an AI writing tool. And that had 1.1 billion. And then we have Midjourney, another one of my personal favorites that I use to create thousands of images that I can even turn into mugs and wall art, all those things. So Midjourney is an image generator and that had 500.4 million. And then we have Hugging Face, which is in the category of data science. That had total 316.6 million visits. And then number six, we've got Bard. And that's an AI chatbot as well, similar to ChatGBT. And that one had 241.6 million. And then we have Novel AI, that's N-O-V-E-L. And that's an AI writing tool. And that had 238.7 million. And then we've got another one of my favorites, number eight, which is CapCut. And CapCut is a tool that you can use on your desktop or on your phone. And it's a video editing tool and a video generator. And CapCut had 203.8 million. And then number nine, Janitor AI. And that's an AI chatbot. And that had 192.4 million. And then number 10, we have something called Civit AI. C-I-V-I-T AI, and that one is an image generator that had 177.2 million. So I hope that you found those numbers insightful because that's a lot of, that's a lot of, that because that's a lot of views. It really, really, really is. All right. So some other interesting things that I wanted to talk about in terms of what's new in AI is that Bill Gates, of course, is really big on artificial intelligence, and he's actually predicting that AI is going to be transformative for everyone within the next five years. And, you know, he's saying that there was like actually another article that talked about how the International Monetary Fund reported that about 40% of jobs around the world would be affected by the rise of AI. So Bill Gates, he actually does not necessarily disagree with that notion. However, he does believe that history shows every new technology comes with fear and then it comes with new opportunity. And I think that's huge because what he's saying is that a lot of new job categories, you know, were created and we're way better off than we were when we were doing farm work. When you think about like back in 1900, right? So he said, this situation with AI is going to be just like that. So he's saying that AI is going to make everyone's life easier. And he indicated specifically to the medical industry that doctors, it's going to really help them do their paperwork, part of the job that they're not really fond of doing, and it can help them be very efficient with that. The other thing that he shared 
in this article is that he said that, you know, AI, it's actually like having a white collar worker to be a tutor or to give healthcare advice or to help write code or to help with technical support calls. And when you think about it, it is true. AI can actually do a lot. And it's like about knowing how to use it the right way, but it can, it can help, help you do a lot. And then some of the things like I want to talk about next is, well, how do you use ChatGPT for your benefit and what can you use it for? So one of the ways that you can use ChatGPT is to land yourself a promotion or get a raise. So if you feel like, okay, you've been working hard, go for America, whatever, and you want to basically be able to present a strong argument that you can go over with your employer, your boss, and your next performance review, well, you can actually tell it, hey, I want you to give me like, you know, the skills I would need for this promotion. I want you to even help me plan what questions they may ask or how I can highlight all my achievements this year. So ChatGPT can help you draft that in a concise manner. It can help you predict what are the factors that they would look for in giving someone a promotion. It can even tell you how to negotiate the promotion, right? So there's one way that you can use it. The other way that you can use ChatGPT is you can actually use it to get business ideas. So let's say if you were leaving corporate America, you're starting your own business, and you're not even quite sure exactly what type of business you want to start, but you have an idea of like, okay, you know, what criteria you're looking for? Like, do you want to be able to work from home? Do you want it to be like low investment? You can give ChatGPT all that information and you can say, give me a list of 25 different business ideas. Then you go look through that list. You pick one or two that you like. Then you say, okay, ChatGPT, I want you to write me a detailed business plan and you can say, act as a professional business advisor and write a detailed business plan, you know, write a detailed marketing plan and it can do all of that for you. So then you can even say, give me resources for my city in terms of what I would need to start a new business or what are some things I need to know about. You can do all of that. Now, the one I'm really excited about is that you can actually make passive income with their new ChatGPT GPT store. Like last year, they announced it, but they really just released it in January. And now like basically you can have developers make custom GPTs and depending on how popular their GPT is in terms of how people are using it, you know, you can make money off of that. And you are also allowed to promote it from, I think, reading OpenAI's guidelines that says you are allowed to advertise it. You're allowed to share it on social media, you know, and groups and things like that. So that's a great way of making extra money. You just have to, you know, be creative in terms of what you're coming up with. So just be creative, think outside the box and think of how you can solve a problem or, you know, fill like a gap in the marketplace that's there. And I think that's just a great way to have some extra income coming in. Now, the other way that you can use ChatGPT, which I think a lot of people are already using it for, it's one of the major ways they're using it is to really save time and, you know, use it for content creation, for writing blog posts, for writing, 
you know, landing pages for your events. Maybe you're doing a live LinkedIn room, things like that, or even to improve your current website copy and make it a little bit more personalized, add a bit of a personal brand touch to it. And it's great for that. But you do want to look it over and tweak it and put the human element and intelligence into it. Like I always say, that's what my caution is about use AI, but use it intelligently. And then the other thing is you can use it to, you know, to get more business. You can ask it like, how can I get more business? This is exactly what I do. And it can give you a ton of ideas. And if you like some of those ideas, then you can take those ideas and you can say, oh, please elaborate on that, right? Please elaborate. So I think it's just really interesting where AI is going. It is like just improving. It's going to get better and better. Like I said earlier, the next generation model of GPT-5, it's going to have like way better, you know, reasoning capabilities. It's going to be more accurate. It's going to have video support. So I'm really excited for that because things are just going to be more improved. It's only going to get better and better with time. So my question to you is if you're not currently embracing AI and if you're not currently using these tools, you currently do not have a plan for how you're going to incorporate AI in your law firm or in your business to be more productive or even into your life. Maybe you're in corporate America. You should be thinking about all these things right now, because if you're not going to, you're going to get left behind. And I don't say that to scare you, but the reality is AI is moving so fast and it makes my head spin. And I'm an AI strategist and a marketing expert. And if I'm seeing that it's moving so fast that I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. There's so many new tools. There's so many new things happening that the ordinary person, they're going to feel like they're becoming irrelevant if they're not learning about AI and how to use it in their business and their life to be more productive, to get the answers that they need, to type up those letters that would have taken them an hour and now they can have a letter in 30 seconds. How much more time can they get back in their day? So those are all things to think about. If you do need help with your AI or marketing strategy, reach out to me. My information is in the show notes, or you can go to my website, which is attorneymarketingexpert.com and fill out the form. And I would love to have a conversation with you. And if you found this podcast episode insightful and you thought there was some really good information in here, share it out with a friend and don't forget to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with some detailed information and let me know what other topics you would like to hear next. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode. And also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is Marketing Expert. And also join her Mesmerizing Marketing Club, also on Clubhouse, for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing. 